uh, testing. The little circle goes up when I'm speaking, but of course I'm right on top of it. I wonder if yeah. I'm you up. I'm recording uh, the, 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 the meeting itself, so I'll get the audio from it. Yeah. Okay. And so that way I'll be able to have it. And um, I have a recording, I'll have also the voice recorder on my end too. So that, that way, yeah. Yeah, maybe um, I'll so have okay. a backup. Maybe I'll have a yeah. backup. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. I'm gonna record mine. Start mine, and I'll we'll be ready to start. All right. Okay. Hello, everyone. We are back, and welcome to another episode of Lincoln's Musical Podcast. If you're new to the game, you already know. Or if you aren't new, this is the podcast where I break down musicals from my Spotify musical playlist. And today, I have a very, very special guest with me, um, my musical theater teacher from 8th grade to 10th grade, and just um, all around amazing, amazing guy, Mr. Keither. Um, hey, man, how are you doing? Hi, Lincoln. It's great to see you. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're talking, y'all can't see it, but we're talking on uh, via Zoom right now. And uh, it's just because it, of everything that's going on right now. But today, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Phantom of the Opera, perhaps the one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic love triangle, love, like, like love story, at least in like musical form, or probably in movie form to me, at least, um, probably up there. I think it's going down in history. I think it would go down history with that. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about that. And the reason I've invited Mr. Keith with me today is because you have been in the show. How long? Correct me. If I don't, I don't want to say misspeak if it's. I have, I have worked with Phantom. I did work with Phantom for 19 years. 18 of those were on stage. Wow. That's amazing. That really, really is. Um, but yeah, the idea that, that you've been working, that's, that's crazy. So that's why I, I wanted to bring him on, because he's an expert. If anyone's going to know something about it, that it's going to be you. Um, so basically kind of how I go about the podcast, I have kind of a, a, a little format I have. Basically, I talk about how I came to discover the musical, what I kind of review it, also slash talk about what it's meant in my life, at least. Um, and then I kind of go into, I kind of dreamcast it and at the very end where I kind of talk about if I could see like a showing of it, if I had the money, I could fly out and go see it, who would I cast and what roles? And I kind of go about it in that way. And that's kind of what I do. Um, so if there's time, if you stick around, I would love to have just, uh, you know, ask you those same questions and then also dreamcast with you at the very end. Sure, absolutely. All right, let's get started. Um, so for me, I know I found Phantom when I was, uh, I think I was in eighth, I was in seventh grade. I was in seventh grade. I, I think I had had, it was in my choir class. We had been uh, doing choir for the first semester. We had our big performance. And so the kind of the rest of the year was kind of just, uh, our teacher would pull up musicals and we would kind of watch uh, them in the auditorium. And we had finished watching The Sound of Music um and so i remember after that we watched Phantom of the opera and i had obviously heard of Phantom of the opera beforehand um it was just so big and to to it was kind of like i had heard about it but i had never really listened to it i never really watched anything regarding it and so they put on the movie the 2004 release movie i believe is when it was and um it kind of i think that's when it was and then, so it dropped and i watched up to, I think a majority of it. I watched like a, the, before the like the last 20 minutes of the movie like between class periods and at first the first time I watched it I was like oh shoot this is kind of creepy um particularly uh the scene 
spoilers for anyone who hasn't listened, but um, the uh, the big uh, scene, the hanging scene during the, the final layer scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the final layer scene. Um, the the scene where Carlotte, where the Phantom kind of messes up the show because they didn't listen to him, and oh. it ends with Bouquet getting hanged. Yeah, got it. That scene. Okay. Yeah, and I was kind of like, um, we're in seventh grade. I'm wondering why we're watching this. I mean, I don't know if I would have let us watch that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no. So we, I remember I was freaked out, and I kind of left. Not a bad taste in my mouth, but I didn't fall back up with it for a bit. Right. And then I think around the summer of my eighth grade year, I believe, I started watching videos about it because I the music was very good. I loved the music, but it was just certain parts of the movie. I was like, oh, um, I don't know if I should be watching this. Um, but yes, yeah, so then I, but then I really delved back into it again. And that's when it really had me hooked. I, I think the year of eighth grade is when it Phantom really became like a, a amazing to me. I, was, I really clicked to me. Oh my goodness, this is fantastic! What a great story! What a great, fanta- phenomenal music for one. Um, and just it, it's such a good story. And I purchased the DVD, and I've watched it several times now. And I, I, uh, I just think it's it's just such a fantastic piece and every time I watch it I get there are just certain songs that like get me every time and there I listened I have the uh the Broadway not the Broadway the West End cast um with Michael Crawford and um Sarah Brightman and I listened I sometimes when I I remember the first time I listened to them while I was doing my homework I was like wow this is great um but yeah that's kind of my rambling on how I found it uh Mr. Keither what when did you first find it and what kind of what has it been um, for you? What's it been like? Well, I remember when it first opened because I was working as an opera singer. And um, that, was, that was what I did for years. I was mostly in operas. I would do some music theater things. I would do some straight theater as well. But I was trained as an opera singer. And I knew that this big phenomenon had opened on Broadway. I'm sure I knew that it was in London first um, and that it was Andrew Lloyd Webber and that it was the biggest thing to hit Broadway in a long time and that they had, that it took place in an opera house and they hired opera singers to do some of the roles. So I thought that was, that was interesting. I didn't really pursue it. Um, But then uh, about 10 years after it opened, well, a little less than 10 years. Wait, let me think. No. Um, I was working, I was in an opera slash music theater piece. And the woman who was the choreographer for that production was also the dance supervisor for uh, productions all over the world. Um, not, not the only one, but one of the dance supervisors. And she said, you know, this fan of the opera, there are things you could do in there. You should audition sometime. And in the course of that, I was, I was in Germany at the time. And in the course of that, it was announced that they were going to audition for a new production that was going to open in Switzerland. And um, that they were going to audition, do auditions in Berlin where I was working. So I called them up, I set up a time. And um, long story short, I had to leave Germany. They postponed the auditions, I had to leave Germany. And I thought, oh, well, uh, that, was, that was my chance at that. But I found out later that they were auditioning in New York as well for the same production. And um, uh, my wife has a, has a... I'll answer some questions if he wants to ask me too. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll let him know. 
Um, that's my wife, who has 13 years experience in Phantom as well. Oh, wow. Um, and she that's would great. be happy to be part of the conversation, too, at some point. Of course. Um, so I did do an audition in New York, um, got into the production in Switzerland. So when I say I've done 19 years of Phantom, 10 of those years were the Broadway production, two were in Switzerland, uh, five were the, uh, the national tour I was on, and then two, uh, I did two years in Hamburg, Germany, and the second production they did uh, not that long ago. Um, so I knew about it just because it was such a big thing. And even though I wasn't a music theater guy exactly, I was interested in it because I thought, oh, well, maybe they would want my kind of voice in that show. Wow. That's such a rich history that you have with the show. That's amazing. Like, I mean, that's just, that, that's, that's all I, that's what we're coming to my mind. It is amazing to have that experience with a show like that. And, um, I don't know, as I'm, aspi I'm aspiring to enter that field of mu of theater and musical theater mainly. And yes. that just to, to imagine being a part of that, that, that's just, that's amazing to think, to, to think about. And just that you've worked well on so many, on so much of a scale. If, if, if your wife's still there, I would love to ask how she got involved with uh, Phantom as well, if she's still. I'll, I'll call her in in a second. I'll just okay. make the comment that for you and anyone else listening, it just shows that you you work and you pursue things, but a lot of it is sort of luck, but it's also luck that you make because one thing leads to another and you meet people and people remember you. And if they're looking for someone at that moment, if you're around, if it's your face they see, then they might say, oh, you should come in an audition for this. That's how so many of my jobs happened. Um, or they just remember you. So you want to make a good impression on people because, oh, yeah. because uh, it might be years later that, Absolutely. Uh, Con that they think of you for something and, and you come in. And that was a very short version of the series of auditions that I did and mm. who I ended up auditioning for and meeting and uh, get, uh, running into people that I knew already. And that's how that happened. Mm. Um, how, I, how I even ended up in the audition in New York was because I ran into someone on the street who was auditioning that day. I didn't even know the auditions were happening. Um, so that's how I came in and crashed the audition, basically. That's amazing. And yep. I, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll say I've been doing some kind of audition. I remember last December I was at a, a thing about auditioning and it kind of tips to make sure you stand out and, you know, being having that positive energy when you walk in the room and just really, yeah, for sure. That's just so great. Um, Lincoln would like to talk to you. Okay. Can you help me with this? Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, let's just take this out. And our special guest, another special guest. Hmm? Hello. Now, yes, let's I can... see. Make sure that the right speaker is on. We had technical difficulties stand by. Um, but but while, while we're getting that squared right away, we're going to get another special guest star in here. Completely surprised by me. We're getting Miss Keither in here as Mrs. Keither in here as well to oh, talk to no, us about I her experience with Unmute your speaker. Volume. Increase your volume. Can you guys hear me? 
It's frozen, but that's okay. The main thing is the sound. Oh, no. No, it's good. Okay. Okay, good. And do you okay. hear my wife? Yes, I can hear you guys. You're cutting out a little bit. Um, we're having technical difficulties, so stand by. Um, again, this is my second time having guys on Zoom, people on Zoom. Uh, guys? And uh, she can tell you, Kate Ray is mm -hmm. my professional name, and she can tell you about her experiences with fans. Okay, excellent. Okay, how can I help you? Uh, so basically what I kind of asked before, kind of what we, we opened with was, um, you know, what my, I told about my experience with fandom, how I came to discover the piece, and I asked Mr. Keith the same question, and I was kind of wondering, you know, what was, how did you first come across this show and kind of what's your experience with it been, you know? Okay. Kind of brief little so my way back, I finished my training at the Royal Ballet School in London. And after having a few months back at home after graduating, I moved back to London and I started doing some teaching and also taking classes and sort of the idea of getting ready for auditions and ballet companies and things. Um, but I had to, um, you know, work in restaurants and things like that to make money to live. And I ended up working in a theater on Shaftesbury Avenue on the West End, but working front of house. And one day um, I was seating people and suddenly a friend of mine walked in with some of her friends that I didn't know. I had met her at the Vaganova School of Ballet in Russia, in Leningrad. Mm. Um, and so we just had a chance to have a quick talk and she said, oh, I'm one of the ballerinas in Phantom down the street. This is in the West End in London. And at the time I had heard, I think some of the hit music had come out from the show. And so I didn't really know much about it, but we'd made that connection. And um, I started walking down Shaftesbury Avenue towards her theater and we would meet at night. And eventually I'd go down and I'd meet her at the theater. From there, I ended up working backstage as a props master or pro props person. Um, and that's how I started to get to know the show more. And then I realized, oh gosh, of course, right, there are ballerinas. And so they kind of took me under the wing, their wing with the, the dance captain and then the um, uh, Dame Julian Lynn's assistant, Patty Merrin. And um, they started letting me know about auditions. And um, I would work as a props person for backstage when they would do their rehearsals on stage. Um, and one day she just said, look, we're, we're opening two productions, one in Edinburgh and one in Switzerland. And um, so we're holding a big audition and I'd like you to come. So I went along to that audition and um, we danced and then I, we sang. People who were chosen to stay behind sang. And um, she just said to me, what would you want to do? Do you want to go to Edinburgh or do you want to go to Switzerland? And at the time, you know, you, you don't often hear that it's at an end of an audition. I just said, I will just be very happy to have a job. I don't mind. So then I was lucky enough to find out that I got Switzerland. So about three months later, it was August time then that I flew out 
to Switzerland, and that's where I met Mr. Keitha. Wow, that's amazing. You know, we were the um, original cast of the Swiss production then. Man, that's crazy. That was the beginning of my journey. That's amazing. That's amazing. Really, that's that's crazy in the thing. I know. I mean, performers, we have so many stories, you know, so many people have stories like that of how they yeah. have friends and their spouses and things like that. Mm -hmm. because... and I, think, I mean, yeah, for real, that that's, I mean, I have this, I remember, and this is completely not only the Phantom, but I remember Susical played such a huge role in my life. I know it still has, I know it's probably going to continue at some point in the future, but that was my first, my second musical. And it was the first one where I had like a, a like a, like a, a character, lead character. And mm -hmm. so to play Horton and to go and to really be able to explore what, like what emotions and to go through that and to see that kind of take, look at the character journey of that and, and gain to interact with my fellow actors and really, and just working with Mr. Keither, like as a, and really guiding me through the pieces. And yes. I, it, it was, it was such a big moment. And so do I can imagine. You know, it's driving yeah. you forward now. I mean, um, Phantom in Switzerland, having done multiple productions after that, that will always be so special because it was a very special time in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, the bond we had with people because we had people moving from England, America, mostly it was England, America, but then eventually mm -hmm. we had people from Spain, Germany, um, Budapest. Um, I counted 17, 17 nationalities by the second year. So wow. we were bonding, you know, and here we were in Europe. And, you know, I was 20, 21. And there were a couple of girls that were younger than I was. And just, we all had to help each other. And we had to be, we were babies, really. We had to be helped, you know, dealing with this other language and having to go, because we were living there. We weren't tourists. Mm -hmm much you have to do and you had to do it in between the rehearsals because the rehearsals would start well for the dancers it we worked a lot harder um <laughs> I, I trust yeah dancing is a whole other beast i'm still trying to master that no yeah. i'm I, like because i i um i'm still doing i i talked to coach silverman like, like when the coach is like do you yeah. know any exercises that will help me prepare for dance because i've been trying to work on my my it, my coordination so oh, i have to be ready yes <laughs> Well, we would start our warm-up classes at 10 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And then we would rehearse until sometimes six at night, you know. Mm. Um, but the singers did not start that early in the morning. No, no. They got to sleep in a lot longer than we did because we would all bond and go out in the evenings. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know, Basel, they, tr they treated us like royalty. It was incredible. They... It was amazing the way they literally would roll out the red carpet for us in all wow. these venues all, all the time. It was amazing. amazing. So much to do, so much to share. Um, but yeah, the dancers always got the short straw. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, um, we're, okay, we're tough. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to be. I and I, I, I got to. I remember one of the things that stick out to me about the show is the, the how featured the dancing is i think both in the in the movie and especially in shows i've watched high school productions of it and some of the dancing is phenomenal it truly is it's, i mean it, the thing is it's not like you have to be a professionally trained um yeah classical dancer to do it mm -hmm. um 
And it's not demanding like doing a season of Swan Lake or The Nutcracker, but it's demanding because it's 12 months of the year for as many years. I mean, it's a different demanding, that eight show a week kind of demanding. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all the same movement. So, you know, one side of your body, you have hamstring and knee problems and ankle problems on one side, of you have back problems and neck problems because it's all, it's the same movement. You never get to do the other side. Oh, wow. So I can... Demanding. Um, so it's grueling in, in terms of that, just very different. But, um, but Christine, the main character, Phantom Christine, oh, she's yes. a dancer, right? She's yeah. one of the dancers who then he takes to um, have her sing, teach her to sing. Yes. So and her best friend is Meg, who's the lead dancer. So that's why the dancers are very important. And then Ma Madame Jiri, who knows what's going on. And it's- Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I just think, yeah. And, I, and that actually brings us into kind of what, uh, before we go into kind of my favorite review of the show, um, and I guess we'd love for you guys both stay around if it's possible, um, but I understand. Um, but yeah, but for my audience who is just, who I, I didn't give a summary at the beginning, um, Phantom of the Opera, if you don't know, is a story kind of about this, uh, like, like Mrs. Skeeter just said, uh, a young ballet dancer named Christine Daye, who's um, kind of plucked from obscurity, as it were, when these new managers come into the uh, new the Paris Opera House, the Opera Opera Popular, I think is what it's called. I might have mispronounced it. Yeah. Um, and it's and basically playing tricks on the diva yes. Coletta. So Arlotta, she, yes. Thank you. I didn't even say that right. But so <laughs> yes, because the Phantom wants Christine to take over, right? And it yeah, and, it, so and it's kind of revealed. Yeah, that she trained that the Phantom kind of trained this beautiful voice that Christine has yeah, and has kind of and it kind of creates this love triangle because we see Raul, wow. her childhood friend, and the yeah. new patron of the theater show up in the picture. Engaged, right? Yeah. And we kind of see the opera become witness to this this really, like I said earlier, iconic love story that's probably oh, like yeah, amazing. It's tragic. Absolutely. And I think yeah. I think it's yeah, and I have friends of mine, like like these are my hardcore theater friends. I remember when I was doing Les Mis, like I, we had a group chat, and so I would text. We, I texted about Phantom of the Opera, and then they're like, "Okay, Lincoln, are you team Raul? Are you team Phantom?" And I'm like, "Oh shoot!" And well, so I'm like, and then there are those, and I'm just, and I was like, because it, it still has an impact over so long ago. It was originally. I think I have the Wikipedia page up right now. Um, it, I think I can't see it right now because I said I can't minimize the page, but it, I don't know how long ago it was, but it's still going on to, today. Well, it opened originally in London. Mm -hmm. 1986. 1986. Oh my goodness. And then a year later, it opened in New York. Uh, yeah, like a year and two months, so it's really yeah. 88, but wow. Yeah, and, and of January course, of we got to work with some of those original people because you know, they were the original yeah. dancers, you know, and then they were management. Um, but the sad thing about it is Cameron McIntosh, because of COVID, is closing the original production. Oh, I see. That's... Mm. London. And I have friends there because I worked in that show. I worked backstage in that show. And then I went back for a year on stage um, when I was engaged to Mr. Kiefer. Um, 
So it's a really, really, really incredibly sad. It's like a historical moment. Yeah. That I, closed. Yeah. I can imagine. That's yeah. Crazy. But I'm. But like I said, I like I said before. Um, it's just crazy to think that it's like still touching and affecting so many people today. Like oh, that. Yeah. I know, and I think. Um, so I'm going to go ahead, so I'm going to review the show kind of from my perspective. Like I said before, yeah. I think it's a great show. The music is amazing. It's one of those really, and the way it's on my playlist, I because I listen to these songs like when I'm doing homework. This is my homework <laughs> jam. Yeah, and so, yeah. I'll literally, and so I, I go from literally Mary Poppins to <laughs> Phantom. And so I have like, these two intense, powerful. Like, step in time, step in time. Yeah. yeah, literally, I go from, <laughs> and so it's just so crazy. Um, I would say, I think um, what, what what struck me the second time through, because I don't know if you heard, but like the, I watched it for the, the movie when I was, I was seventh grade, and okay. so it kind of freaked me out the first go round. The yeah. second go round, I was like, this is such a grand story, and I love the depth of these characters. Right. Like, I can like, like especially like I, I mean the first time I got it was really the what I think the um the Phantom was the first person that really struck me but then looking back I'm like oh my gosh Christina has so much baggage <laughs> like oh they my goodness yeah. they all really yeah. do and yeah. um and just I don't know I think there's so much to unpack from all of from everything and so that's what I love about the show that I can come back to it and appreciate a new aspect of it it's every time and yeah for sure it doesn't get yeah that's what my opinion is. so thing. what do you yeah. guys what do you guys love about it so much and what what do you think makes it so timeless today I that's my question I, I think, think the loves the big love story right i mean everybody loves a love story and the music's just so soaring and um pulls out so much emotion and that you know you have the the rail team or you have the phantom team and um and then of course because it's been going for so long i guess we connect with that more that we know so many people who have met and had families through it and those kids have grown up and gone off to college and started their own families and the show's still going on so there's all that other backstory that mm -hmm. the show has provided within its community and the lives in that community um so that's two aspects of it that sounds uh, great when i first had the offer to do a year of phantom that seemed crazy to me to be in the same same show for a year i thought i don't know if i can stand that um and of course, 19 years later, <clears throat> I was still in the show. But because it provided what, what that I security. found was that it was so well maintained. The productions oh. that, every production that I was in, in one way or another, all, all in similar ways, but uh, to one degree or another, the show was very well maintained. And so it felt, it felt you were doing something of great quality. Oh, yeah. There was something that grew also in my mind I might have been a little studio about it at first, oh, this music theater piece, and uh, people like to turn up their noses at it sometimes. Um, but what I found was the people who would be coming back to the show over and over and over, and we would talk to people after the show. We'd meet them <clears> every so often year. People say, this is my fifth time, this is my 10th time. 
uh, I come here every year. We'd be on this stage and we'd see, we'd see people and we'd say, oh, they're back again. Wow, you know? yeah. that's amazing. And it made me think there's something to this piece and we had a lot of time to think of it, uh, think about that. Um, there's something about the story. Oh. oh, have we lost him? Oh no, I'm, am I frozen on your end? No. Uh, you, you just, just the disappeared. The screen went black. I'll just keep talking. Oh, okay. Am I still, oh. Let me know if I get back. Can okay. you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we hear you fine. Okay. I was worried Not that we sure lost why that happened. the battery. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think there's something about the story that is very deep. It's so deep. For people. And like Beauty and the Beast, it's about the, your inside being different from your outside. Mm -hmm. And I think that to some degree or another, most people feel that other people don't understand them completely. That when, when you're viewed from the outside, people don't see who you really are deep inside. And I think that that's one of the reasons it hits people so hard. And you know, something like, um, oh dear, I'm not gonna think of the name of it. Um, but if you, you, there are lots of things, lots of stories in literature and then great music theater pieces as well, which are about the main character is not understood. And I think that that's one of the reasons it's so moving that, that we can all associate with that to one degree or another. Right, the Phantom, I mean, he, we see him in such anger, but the anguish and the pain mm -hmm. you see from him at, towards the end, yeah. it, I mean, it's heartbreaking, you know? It, re it really is, because it's like, I mean, it, it, it really is. I think it just kind of shows, I, I, the pain is so there. And yeah. I get it. There are some fans that have just reduced me to like goosebumps. I'm still processing the performance afterwards. Okay. Like, and I, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. And to, 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 um, to see the, the raw pain and, and, you know, I, I think if a phantom can show, if I can be kept, like horrified by a phantom and then also pitying him by the end of the show, I think they've done their job right. Cause I think the phantom in the beginning is like, this mysterious, he comes off as this kind of, you know, mysterious that guy. And then he, and then he kind of, and, and he does, there's no free way to say it. He does kind of go on this murderous spree to kind of make, to get what he wants, to have both Christine on the stage and then to keep her for himself. It, so there is, but you also see what, and you kind of get the backstory and you understand why he kind of, why he had to be under that orange for so many years. And so, you know, you get it. For those of us, so I definitely think it is, oh my gosh, so amazing. And it's such a complex piece. That's why I love it. And I think for Have sure. Have you seen it live? I can't, no. And that's just it. I haven't seen oh, it yet. I need to see it live. see it live. It's very different to the movie. Yeah. I, I've, I've, seen move, I've seen the movie. I've seen productions of, from high school online. I've seen, and I think there was, I've seen like the Tony performance with, um, Sierra Vargas, who, as uh, Christine, who's saying, think of me. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, but I've seen, and I've seen certain people singing. I've seen clips of them performing uh, from shows where um, Raymond Karam Lou and uh, Norm Lewis singing it. And I just, it, it's amazing to listen to. But I, it's one of my goals to see Phantom Live. Like I, yeah. I, I want, I, I need to. Um, when we were on tour, 
we the the movie op um, opened, mm -hmm. and the the guy that played Raoul in the movie, mm -hmm. he um he somehow some people in our cast knew him from Oklahoma doing mm. the show Oklahoma on Broadway, so he came with all of our cast, and we had a private viewing just the Phantom cast and I forget his name, the Raoul. And we just sat and um, had a private showing of the movie. Um, so we saw the movie, and the audience was, was completely people who From, knew Phantom of the yeah, Opera. It was just our show, cast and him. Um, because he played, who did he play in um, Oklahoma? But we he had people in him. So it was early in yeah. a production in about 2000. Yeah, so it was fun to meet him and see him with some of our friends because they'd worked together. Um, but at the time, I remember really thinking, this is not right. This doesn't oh. work. Yeah. Who is it? Oh, Patrick, Patrick, Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Yeah, Patrick, yeah. 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 And um, it just didn't, it didn't do it justice for us because it's such a different experience, the stage version. Yeah. And of course, the the lead who who did it in the movie, he wasn't a singer the way Jared Butler, yeah, 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 right. And I appreciate it now, but at the time, you know, because we when phantoms come in, they have to go through such a massive journey. The actor, because it's such an they have about twenty two minutes on stage throughout the whole show. Oh wow, that. Mm. That short, I think it's less, something like that. But they're so exhausted emotionally through their journey that, you know, I mean, we would see um, Howard McGillan would climb the stairs past us at on Broadway. And, you know, we were all exhausted at the end of the week anyway, but he would be almost crawling up the stairs because he'd have to crawl up, you know, go up the stairs to go up to the angel, which is on oh. the mm -hmm. And I mean, but they would have to go on such a physical and um, vocal journey. And I think that we felt so um, biased to the fact uh, that we weren't experiencing that with Butler being a movie star and everything. And not um, a singer. And not a singer, mm -hmm. but that's fine. But you know, obviously seeing it again, you appreciate it. And it just shows it in a different way. I mean, I remember loving the beginning, mm -hmm. seeing it back in time, because of yes. course the auction does that. Yeah. We can give it such, Mm -hmm. Fun, right so you know just i remember yeah personally the movie was my first experience with it um and so then i like after that i kind of went to the more of the show side of it and i found an even bigger respect for it by all mm -hmm. means mm -hmm. um but now i we've i we've gotten a good review of it and i think this has been fantastic um i'm gonna kind of do some dream casting and this is kind of what i do at the very end where i kind of like if i could see a showing of it i like to talk about what that would be like and mm -hmm. who I would like to see in what roles mm -hmm. and I just love to do that because I think it's just Fun. it allows my imagination to flow and just to yeah. give some sh people shout out and respect and talent like of people who I just know and I, who I think could do the roles really well mm -hmm. so I think the for the phantom this is going to be a tough one um and I need I, I, some of these are on the spot so I think I, if I had to find, I don't know if I could find the young men who could do this. Actually, I know several people who, mm, this is tough. I don't know who I want to, because I have a pick for Christine, but I, it's oh, the Asians would not be good. 
I think I'll, I'm gonna pretend it's a concert. It's not a show. It's like a concert of the music. And so I'm gonna say for Phantom, uh, Raymond Karim, uh, Raymond Karim Lou. Um, I remember seeing. I've I've heard him as Val as um Val, Jean Valjean and and Les Mis. Oh my gosh, amazing! And his voice it just knocks me out. We had it's a couple just... of Les Mises in the show with us. Oh okay. Check these names: Stephen Buntrop and um, oh. Oh, Peter, Peter Lockyer. Okay. Look oh, I mean, both of them actually did Phantom and both of them did Rao, but they were oh, all wow. Les as well. Um, they've done a lot of stuff. Um, uh, incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I, he's, he's amazing. Uh, you go on. You go on, Lincoln. Of course. All right. Um, so for my Christine, I'm going to pick a, a, a younger actress who actually, a younger actress, and she's actually in Los Angeles right now. And she has a YouTube channel. I follow her actually. She's um, her name is Catherine Steele. Um, mm -hmm. She's so fantastic. Um, there's a video on her channel. She was 16 years old. And she performed "Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again." Oh, goosebumps! She just wow. nailed it. And she, and and Christine's one of her favorite roles. And she's talked about. She's made def defense videos like about her and kind of like talking about how Christine's kind of underrated as a character and really about that. And because there are some people, younger people, and I completely disagree with them who say like, Christine's kind of not um, like, like, like they say, like, you know, she kind of just trusted a, a weird man in a mirror and went along and let her teacher who called himself an angel and let him and let her let him teach her to sing and like completely trusted him. him. But, and she's defended against that, and I agree, agree with her arguments, but she's so, so, so good. Yeah. Her voice is like, she's just a, I, I don't know, if she, yeah, I think she's a soprano, I'm pretty sure. Must yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she must be. She can and, that. Yeah, um, but she's great. That's just, that would be my choice for her. Um, do you guys have any uh, actors who you think could do really well? It's funny because we've seen so many people yes. do these roles. Yeah. Um, Kate mentioned Howard McGillan. He, it may not be true anymore, but for a long time, he was the actor who had done Phantom, the most performances of Phantom on Broadway. Uh, he, had never, uh, he was an interesting one because he came in, he never saw a performance of it. He, he chose not to see a performance of Phantom before he went into rehearsals. He, had, he has a long resume. You'll, if you look him up, yeah, you'll, you'll big, see he's big, done a lot of things. Yeah. Lovely man. But there was something so genuine and beautiful oh. and true it was amazing. About his performance. So uh, for me, of the people that I've seen, I would say Howard. Yeah. Um, Hold on a minute. We're in an interview. Sorry. Um, um, and, um, and then we have a, a dear friend, um, David Gashin, who um, his voice is incredible. And to hear him sing Phantom, um, and actually sing Jean Valjean, who is incredible too. So a very different look, but <laughs> hit the sound he makes is unbelievable. Um, he did, um, he, he, he understood it in, on Broadway, but he did it in Hamburg and understood it in um, Switzerland. Yeah, and just it. for pure singing, oh. we, we've never heard it sung as beautifully as, as our friend oh, did. Yeah. Oh, you're back again. Did it. Yeah. You're back, oh. yeah. Yeah, oh, but, okay. but uh, Ramin Karimlu, uh, what I know of him, and, and I've seen him only in video, but he does a beautiful job. He does a beautiful uh, job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would think uh, moving on to Raul, 
I do have, and the first person who comes to my mind, um, Aaron Tivet. Um, I don't know. He just has this, and he's been so much. His resume includes um, he was in Grease, the production of Grease Live as Danny. He was in Les Mis, the movie Les Mis as um, Angera, and I think he's been in a bunch of other stuff. I can't think of it. I think he's been he's in Moulin Rouge right now. Uh, he well. was. Um, I cannot think of what else he's been in right now, but he has this really powerful voice. He, he's kind of, I don't want to say underrated, but I just feel like he, he's he got a really good sound, and I think he would round out that triangle. I think he has the power to round the that love that iconic love triangle on really well. I think he could do it really well, I would mm -hmm. say. That's good. Cool. Uh, Raul is an interesting character because you would think what you need to find is a good-looking young guy who sings well, so and hard. then it should be easy to cast, and it's not. It's one and of the one hardest of the reasons roles to cast, is, yeah. Especially with Americans, you have you need a sort of a, a European elegance to that role. Mm -hmm. When we did it in Switzerland, we had a young uh, Swedish man oh, yeah. who did a beautiful job, Jorn Olsen, um, and he was our, he was my first Raul, you, you knew uh, someone from the West End first. Yeah. Um, but uh, you want someone who is full of energy and life, but so many Americans come across as too American for that role, I find. Yeah, um, and I think one of the tough things is some of the high school productions actually, Raul, like you said, is very tough because some kids will hit, hit miss the mark and make Raul come off as kind of controlling jerk in a way. I don't think they intended, but it yeah. comes off that way. And it kind of, because it's kind of got a lot against him. Because from what I hear from my friends and from <laughs> random people I know of who are opposed to theater, the Phantom always wins. Team Phantom is always over Team Raul. And mm. so you know, you have that. And so Raul has a tough challenge, like you said, like that elegance, but also he's got to kind of be just as like, you know, I think, and honestly, Raul is kind of the better person. He wants to, he wants to help her. He wants to free her. He wants to give her a better life. And it's just tough because I think Christine is, is attached, is attracted and drawn to the phantom. Yeah. And so I just think, and sometimes Raul's will miss the mark, but I don't remember there was this one route. I, I think there's a lot to unpack with him that gets kind of unnoticed with, because mainly I go, like, whenever I analyze, I go right to the Phantom or right to Christine. But there's a lot to look at from his side, too, if you think about it. And I think, you know, because oh. they do have that, yeah, they have that past together, he and Christine do. Um, but yeah, so I think it's just a lot to talk about there. Um, moving uh, quickly along to Carlotta. Um, and I actually do know who I want to do this. Um, I can't, Jenna, I cannot pronounce her last name. I will, I'm going to look it up right quickly. Jenna, you, it starts with a U. And she's just so, she's so phenomenal in her voice. She was on, I think her, well, she's known, Yush Kowitz. I'm completely mispronouncing that, probably. Um, but she's just, I think she's best known from the, the comedy drama uh, of Glee. Am I still here? You yeah. went on and you just came back on, just so you know. Oh, okay. Is my voice, is my voice still? Yeah, we see you now, but the whole, your, the whole meeting ended for a minute for us. Oh, so. wow. Wow, yeah. really? Oh, okay. That's not good. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so yeah, but she's, um, she, she's got, I think she's best known from Glee. Um, and she, she actually got her start performing on, um, on Broadway. She was in, I, 
I want to say I, I'm gonna pull up her her resume right quick. She she was she was on um, she's that's recently on she was producer on that her uh, career. Let me see. She was in the King and I. Her Broadway debut was in the King King and I. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she was also in Spring Awakening. She was understudy in that. Mm -hmm. And so she, uh, I believe, what else has she done? Uh, but yeah, so I think that that's kind of, she, she has a really like traditional sounding uh, voice. Like, and I think she, she has a good range and I think she can serve it really, Carlotta really well. And Carlotta is probably one of the bit, my favorite like comedic roles, I think. I don't know. It's, it's so, she's, Divas, again, they can blow their voices so fast. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. I mean, I know it, it's like they sing so many of those high notes. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who was cast on the national tour, and uh, she's a very good singer. And in the six months that she was that she did the show, she did about half the performances because okay. it was she was giving so much, but not in quite the right way. So they can yeah. So it is. Really I can imagine that like, unless you're very smart about the way you sing it, can be tough. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I, it, like like it's like Prima Donna. Prima Donna is probably one of my favorite songs from the soundtrack. In the but manager one, brilliant scene. Yeah. 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 It's just so yeah. And then the managers that do that, they have such a blast. That's such a great scene for them. Oh yeah. Her along and yeah, and all the letter and all the, the the notes before it, like you had them kind of going back and forth, and that's yeah. one of also. I just love that like back and forth, like, like yeah. here's a new letter, here's a new letter. It's just going back and forth. Um, for the for the for the um the the two managers, Jilan Dre and Fernand. For none, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, I know this is maybe personal, a personal thing for me, and I know that they can sing. I don't know if they can sing it to this level, but I don't know. I just think, for sake, for comedy sake more than vocal sake, I don't know. Personally, I would like to see Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele because they have that comedic back, back and forth. I don't know them. And duo. Yeah. And they, I don't know. I think because they, they, I think one of the best things about the managers is that they they're able to work off of each other. And they have, they've been working as a comedic duo for years and years and years. And I think they've had the experience with it. Um, literally, they're just so funny. And they can sing. They have a, a they, they can perform and sing. And they I work as a team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I would say that would be probably my choice for that. Um, as for Madame Jury, yeah. now, oh. Madame Jury, I don't know who, I don't know. That's That's interesting. Because I think Madame Jiri is kind of like this this mysterious narrator who kind of knows what's going on in, in the. Oh, she, does, she knows everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything. I don't want to mess with Madame Jiri. Mm -mm. So, um, I have no idea who I would choose. I think. Again, we've seen so many people do it. Um, I'm going to put in uh, just a mention of a good friend of ours, George Lee Andrews. Oh. who was an original cast member in New York. And when we were first in the show in New York, he was uh, Monsieur Fairman. No, he wasn't. Oh, yes, he was. Yeah. And uh, he was brilliant as Fairman. And then there was a shakeup at one point, and he switched over to Monsieur Andre. Andre. And they he swapped. was so charming and wonderful at both of those roles. He 
an original cast member. He was in the show for 24 years, the Broadway show for 24 years. Oh, wow. So he's actually in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records as the actor who's been in a Broadway show for the longest period of time. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say from Madame Jury, and this is, maybe I'm casting from star quality, and if I am, that's okay. I want this person anyway. I don't know. I think Meryl, Meryl Streep, I think that would be interesting. Oh, that's a good one. I think that'd be interesting. I think her act, well. she, yes. she would sing it. Yes. And I think her acting, like, I don't know. I think she could bring something to that. I would, I would be here to see that. I don't know. Yes. Even, yeah. Not doing a lot, but mm -hmm. yes, life. for sure. Yeah. yeah, and then of course, we have Pianji. Uh, Pianji, who's kind of um, the uh, I don't know, isn't it hinted that they that uh, Carlotta and have a relationship? I think I don't know. In the movie, it came off that way to me. I don't know, yeah, I, very possibly. I mean, they're like, you know, yes, yeah. They kind of, he's kind of like the the male the 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 diva the other diva as well. Um, I think for Pianji, and again, this is another tough call to make, you know, because I think you need. I think that that's probably one of the most more like, like when I think of opera singer, I think, oh yeah, Pianji. That's the first one that comes in my head for that. Um, I can't think of anyone right now. Um, shoot. I mean, it's so hard to say. Oh my God! Well. Larry Wayne Morgan. Larry Wayne Morgan. He was just so funny. He was, uh, yeah. Yeah, this wonderful, great high C's. But then Dave did feel you too. Yeah, our friend Dave, we were talking about. Oh, we lost you. Are you there? Do you hear us? Yes, I can still hear you. Um, he was great. But uh, Larry Wayne Morgan was very, very funny. Um, he did it in New York for a while. But he um, did it with us in Switzerland. Yes, that's how we know him. Yeah. And then he did the Las Vegas production. That's for a while. true, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's great. I think, yeah, I can't think of a Pianchi right now. I'll leave it to my people in the, in the audience, if whoever's listening, whoever can come up with a good Pianchi. Um, um, leave it to your imagination. Who would you pick? Um, I think last, uh, the, sec the second, I'll go older, the last character here is Meg Giri. Um, and I think, I think it's interesting because Meg as a character is fascinating to me. I think, I don't know, it leaves a lot, because she, she's not only because she's friend and Maggie, and and, and daughter, but she kind of wraps up the show by like holding up that mask and discovering it at the very end. And I'm like, I kind of get, I'm like, wait, oh my goodness. Like what's just happened here? I don't know. And I, I'm not entirely, it kind of leaves the show off there. And I don't, I don't know. I think it's the perfect ending to it because it's just as mysterious as it ought to be at the very end with this phantom mask, at least holding it up. Um, my goodness. It's fun that it's a little dainty ballerina that's actually the tomboy that goes in to find Yeah, her. yeah, mm-hmm. You know. Another tricky one to cast. You can always find, you know, a sweet young dancer who looks good. Um, you want her to sing fairly well, but you don't want her to sound like an opera singer. No. Mm -hmm. But it's very easy to be just cute in that role. No. And uh, there's actually a lot of depth to that role too. I, yeah. So because it. You have, you have one of the strongest Meg that I've ever seen, certainly, on this call. Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. No, 
she was very strong. She yes. Very. Uh, she made it a very interesting role. Well, because you have to be Madame Jury's daughter, you know. I mean, that's hard enough. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Some, some cool, young actress. Yes. I mean, yeah. I just think Meg. Yeah. That's what I love about these characters. Even the characters who don't get them made in the focus, there's so much to unpack. And that's what I love. And I think any good show, you have characters who you can unpack so much with it. And I you think- If the Phantom's gonna be on stage for what, 17 minutes? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all of the people we've talked about and the ensemble that puts all the meat onto this. Mm -hmm. And then it allows the Phantom and the top three to like bring it home, you know. And I, yeah, it's crazy to him. I, I would never have imagined. I, I can't believe it's like seventeen, like less than twenty-two minutes of screen time. That's I mean, crazy I, to me. Some, it's something like that. Don't quote us, but it's okay. A amount of time. But to, yeah, to think of within this whole show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you know, everybody else is setting the tone. From, from, you know, the, all the chorus. I mean, you just can't not have, every role is so important. This is true. That final tier of the final three and then the mask at the end. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of uh, dream casting. This is probably my least successful <laughs> dream casting I've ever done. That is to say that I didn't find a role for everybody, a person for every role. But honestly, I think that kind of speaks to how amazing the piece is that like we were still trying to figure it out like the answer just didn't immediately pop up like it genuinely wasn't because we had to like there's just these are such iconic characters and you know i didn't even Broadway, when it opens up and you're gonna have to research more by going to see the show yeah hard show to cast in real life so it's not surprising we had a hard time casting yeah mm -hmm. dream even dream casting it yeah, yeah for sure um just leaving my thoughts just of how it's affected me. I, I mean, I, 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 as a storyteller, I respect as a storyteller because I have, I love, not only do I like um, performing and things, I like writing things. I've written several things. I'm actually working on a musical myself right now. And um, I'm near the end of my act one of it. And so it's been kind of crafting a story and really processing what I have and you know, telling a coherent story with in-depth characters. And I respect Aunt Andrew Lloyd Webber and, and the creative team behind that and the actors who bring it to life, the music. And it's, it's just so crazy. And to think about all of that, and um, it's just amazing. And so that the beauty of the story is what really captures me every time and everything that comes together to make it so. So what, before we, I leave off, what would you guys say is the thing that leads you? Because I think we've said that a few times, but what, what really hits you each time? Like that gets you time. Real crowd pleaser, but it has a great deal of depth and people are very, very moved by the music. Yeah, I mean, just that music when the chandelier, I mean, that's just, you know. I have friends who tell me about the first time they, they had that, like that chandelier moment, they were like, oh my goodness. And I just, yeah and and mr keita tells me all about how he was the auctioneer guy at one point he told me about that story that that he had at each when he was telling me how to about projecting or using a certain tone i remember that so well 
And, but yeah, it's crazy. I think that kind of brings us to the wrap up. I just want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your schedules to talk to me about this amazing show. And I just want to give these guys, both of them a shout out. Um, just, they have had such a profound impact. You guys really have. I, Mr. Keither, and both you, both Mr. and Mr. Keither, but really, you, you were like, I told her earlier, you were like, Susical is a big part of my life. It still is because you as a director were the first person who really got to help me explore different aspects of that character and help my voice grow in different ways and, and being in, like, first you directed, then being my teacher. And just, it's crazy to think. And I've been really reflective, especially as I'm going to be going to senior year. I still can't, I can't process that, that I'm going into my senior year. But really, it's just so amazing to think about. And it's been, you've been part of that journey. So I really want to thank you and thank you for joining this podcast today. It's been great. Yay, it's a pleasure, Lincoln. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, senior year. Thank you. I'm going to tune us off right here. The next episode will be a little more lighthearted, I think. We're going to be talking about uh, Sing, a movie musical, a nice little lighthearted animated one. It will not be as in-depth, but what can you do? Um, but yeah, we'll be jumping over to that. Um, but yeah, this is going to tune us off. This has been Lincoln's Musical Podcast, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye, guys. That's not the recording.